reach out, ask the question, get curious about something in someone else. You know, one of the things that I ask is like, gosh, what would I hope that somebody would notice about me? Now go try to notice that in someone else, right? Welcome to the Faith Inspire podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Be the change you want to see in the world. We've heard that phrase so often, but the big question is, where do you start? And how do you boldly, confidently, and courageously move forward? Jamie Wilson is a passionate wife and mom of three girls who advocates for healthy blended families, adoption, restorative conflict resolution, and building God's kingdom through connections and relationships. Jamie's unique story and journey starting as a Korean adoptee has empowered her to seek to be the change, take action, and follow where God leads. So listen in as Jamie shares how she's used the power of her own story to become the change she's longed to see and discover how even the simplest acts of communication and genuine connection can pave the way for remarkable differences in the world around you. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast. Hey, Erica, I am so thrilled to be here. This is just a super exciting opportunity. Yes, I am so excited to have you on. This is exciting because we get to be behind the mic to have a conversation with one another. You and I usually connect like a few times a month. And so this will be a fun opportunity to really dive in to your story today. We've just had the opportunity to get to know one another over, like I said, the past six months. And um, what I've really loved about you, Jamie, and getting to know you is just your boldness to go after your faith and just be so unforgiving about like your passion for Jesus and where he's leading you in life and just really be bold about making a difference in people's lives and just really being the change that you want to see in the world. And so that's why I wanted to have you on today was really just talking through your story and how you live out your life because it's so impressive sitting on this side of the mic and seeing how you just live your your life out so boldly. Oh my gosh, that is such a high compliment. Yes, yes. Well, you very deserving, very deserving. So let's get into it. I would love to start off by having you share your story. Really, there's a big, unique story behind you know who you are today and how you live your life. And I'd love for you to share that story with us. Oh gosh, it's hard to even start, but I think the most important place to start in my story is that I am a Korean adoptee. Um, So I was adopted by my white American parents when I was about 10 weeks old. So my older brother, Josh, is biological to my parents. Then I came along three years later. My parents had another son. 
So another like biological to them brother. So I'm the the middle child, only girl, only Korean adoptee in my family. So kind of some marks of distinction. And, you know, it wasn't until later in my life that I realized how important those three identifiers, like those facts would become to my big picture story. You know, I think for me, a lot of what has happened in my story, I can look at in the lens of identity. So growing up, my identity was really built on the foundation of achievement or external perceptions of who I was and who I should be or what I should become. And I didn't have a firm rooted foundation in who God had created me to be. That was completely foreign to me, even though I grew up in a really traditional Lutheran upbringing, which I am so grateful for. So it's definitely not a knock on a more traditional religious upbringing. But for me, the reality of having a alive and fully present relationship with Jesus wasn't understood. It wasn't there through that upbringing in that church setting. So uh, it wasn't until much you know, later into my adult life that I, I really grasped that concept. But again, kind of going back, because of my identity being so fragile, really, uh, it just led to just a whole series of kind of misguided or misinformed steps and decisions in my life, uh, relationships, and kind of how I performed to win the approval of people or friends, all of that, like it just really left me empty inside, even though from the outside, I can't really imagine many people looking at like the Jamie in high school or even the Jamie in middle school and being like, that girl has identity problems. You know, I kind of by the world standards, if you will, had a lot of friends, selling in school, dance, like pretty much any activity that I kind of wanted to do. I was like put in a leadership kind of role or I was sort of taking charge and just able to grasp onto things really easily. So fast forward into like my high school years, I'm graduating at kind of like the top 2% of a really large graduating class. And I think people had high expectations of what I would be. And although I'm very academic, kind of book smart, there's a really creative side of me that, you know, when I think a lot of us think about creative jobs, you picture like the struggling artist or whatever it is. And I know that's not the reality with a lot of creatives, but, you know, it just wasn't like the traditional career path that puts you in the path to the world's success, right? And I just like rebelled. You know, there was a school that I wanted to go to and my parents didn't want me to go. And so, of course, I was just like, well, I'm not going anywhere. So here I am, you know, in like 4.3 GPA and I had applied to no college. Like I was just, you know, rebelling. But I did end up going to college. But again, my identity being as it was, I was looking for acceptance. I was looking for love and security and attachment and belonging, just all of these things outside of Christ. And so again, just a series of like relationships where it's like, this is in my heart of hearts. I knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be, but 
you kind of feel like, well, I've come this far or, you know, there's a a layer of pride and also insecurity and shame and all of those negative emotions that we carry with us when we're kind of living outside of what our true values are. So, you know, I ended up kind of moving back home, dating the guy that I, you know, knew from school, getting married, having a baby, working in their family business. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I'll kind of aside by just saying I'm grateful for that experience and all of that, but it represents a really tumultuous time in my life where I was having to rumble and be confronted by this fact that I'm living outside of my values even though I hadn't really spoken them out loud, like I don't even know if they were conscious to me, but in my heart, in my soul, I'm like, this is not the life that I am supposed to be living. There is something more that I need to be doing. So kind of by the grace of God, and at a point where I knew like our marriage is not going to work, God intervenes in such amazing ways. And so my aunt had an opportunity for me to go and work in this corporate setting And I was terrified, right? Because I'm thinking, who am I? I didn't finish college. I don't have a degree. Don't know what I'm walking into. I've never worked in this technology banking industry, but okay, I need a way to support myself, especially if this marriage isn't going to work. And it ended up being just the most incredible, almost 10 years of my life. Incredibly hard um, because I transitioned into being a single mom in that time. I lost my dad in that time. And so there were all these highs and lows, but I also grew to become an empowered leader. I recognized that the talents and the gifts and the things that God had given me were really purposeful and intentional and that I could have an impact on people just by being me, by being curious, by asking questions. And it was also through that period of going through divorce and losing my dad that I just started meeting with a care ministries pastor at the church that I was attending finally at that time. And she just asked if I had ever accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And um, so that was about in 2011 and, you know, kind of 2012 is when uh, my divorce and everything happened. So I, you know, become a believer, truly a believer in that process. So again, it was like no turning back from there. So then as I'm in this new work setting, there was just this boldness that came about because it was like, well, God's already brought me this far. So really, what do I have to lose? It's just been, you know, that series of seeing that look back and, you know, I'll be 40 in a few months. So I still have a lot of life to live, but I also look and I see that there's been a lot of life lived already through all the different roles, through all the different changes and circumstances. And so being a single mom, being divorced, transitioning jobs, getting remarried, having more kids, having a blended family, all the complexity that comes with that, uh, co-parenting, which I'm grateful today is in such a great place. It definitely has allowed me to have perspective on the life stories of so many other women and families that I come in contact with. And I think that's where God has said, use it. Use every heartache, use every you know, joy and uh, every success, every failure, all of those things, use them because you can relate. And so again, I just feel like I've been given this amazing mosaic of a life already to relate to people. 
Yeah, he's given you such a beautiful story, Jamie, and just one that, like you said, is so relatable. And I think that's what draws women to you, especially is because they can be so authentic with you and have that conversation and just see your confidence and your boldness, but know that there is something real there and that you've lived life. And so you can understand, they can understand, and you can understand where they're coming from. But I'd love for you to share really like some opportunities that you've had. You know, you went into this corporate role. You knew nothing, but you were like, hey, Lord, if you brought me this far, like you can help me with this. Can you give some examples of like in your corporate role and even now where you're at today? Because you have a beautiful story now where you're at today of how you've used that boldness to really start to change things. And you, you, you've are great about being a leader and seeing directions and how things can go to really help make a difference and change the world really in that way. Give some examples of kind of what that's looked like in your journey. I'll diverge a little bit from your question, but I promise I'll come back to it. I think for me, starting to want to be the change that I want to see, I had this sort of crucible moment. I was out on a run or a walk one day and it just hit me so hard that if God were, you know, if I were to meet God someday, I wasn't confident that he would look me in the eye and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And it just kind of destroyed me because I thought, what am I, what am I doing with this life? And especially one being an adoptee, a lot of people's stories, you know, might not end the way mine did, right? They might end very short where they're not given that chance at life and to be raised in a place where they have opportunity. And so I just thought like, you cannot waste this opportunity. And again, it kind of went back to my story too, after I was divorced and I was contemplating dating and what that looked like. And I kept getting this message kind of downloaded to me, like, don't waste this next chance, you know, like you can redo this but do it well. And so this idea that I've like gotten this second chance or this chance at life, this chance at another marriage, I don't want to wreck those. I don't want to ruin them. And not that I live with an anxiety, but really like a full surrender to say, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to do this. So um, kind of back to like what has given me that boldness. I think about walking into Uh, that first day in that corporate setting, again, not knowing anything. And I think I was kind of like handed a laptop and said, I think somebody's not at work over in that area. Like, just go find a cube that's empty. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to turn this computer on, but okay, here we go. And I think for me, it was just like, I knew enough to kind of be dangerous, if that makes sense. I knew how to work certain systems. Um, I got really good at asking questions, but I also... I, like I didn't know enough of like the corporate rules, if you will, to like play by them. So if I had questions, instead of going to the person next door who went to this person and that person and tried to get information through the grapevine, I went right to the source, which means that I might send a meeting request to somebody that's two levels up from me. Like you don't do that, <laughs> you know, or you don't just go knock on, you know, the cube, you like have to schedule the meeting and, you know, go through all this pomp and circumstance of setting these up. But I was like, I just want to get the information. And the worst thing they can say to me is no or not respond or whatever it is. But more often than not, there was a response. There was a great conversation. And I think the more that I lived out 
asking, the power of just asking. And the more it was well received, the more, I guess, the easier it became for me to just keep doing that. You know, it's sort of like muscle memory and that repetition. But it just kind of took me saying like, oh, I, I think I'm supposed to do this. I don't know. God, help me figure this out. And that was really, you know, it. It was just figuring out that getting a no or getting a non-response, it didn't kill me. It didn't wreck my day. There would still be another opportunity to gather the information or make the connection. But if you don't ask, you'll never know. And so I know that what I'm saying it's all cliche stuff, right? Like be the change you want to see in the world and you miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Like these are not my concepts. These are not my words. But I think until you start to really like live them and just start to make them a part of your daily routine, the way that you live your life, the way you show up, it's always going to be layered with fear. But what if, but what if they say no, but what if they don't answer? But what if they think I look stupid? But what if I'm not supposed to do that? And I just keep thinking like, well, what if they say yes? Or what if it works out? And who cares if they think you're stupid? I know I'm not stupid. But again, I mean, it took me a long time to get to that point. Um, and it took time, you know, just even being in scripture, you know, in First Timothy 4.12, just about like not letting anybody look down on you because you're young. And a lot of times I was like, oh, I don't really know if I understand that. But I, I think the message there really isn't so much about age, but it's about like heart knowledge. It's about wisdom, right? Or maybe you don't have all the credentials and experience that the world wants you to have, but you know, you know the answer. And so being able to trust that and step into the authority that God's called you into is such a powerful thing when you shred and allow that to to just fall away from you this idea that you need the approval or the the letters behind your name to allow you to just show up and share what you know so would you say that's kind of where you begin is that where you um really start the journey and just really like move forward with that boldness and confidence or are there other areas too that you can think about when you're on this track to just become more bold and make a difference? Yeah, I think it's also sort of getting curious with yourself and, and getting honest, really. So when I think about specific examples in my life where I wanted to see change, it starts with like a heart conviction. You know, I really started to get convicted even about just my own life. And, you know, there's been a lot of like societal and cultural and in the news, right? This debate about equity and equality and social um, justice and privilege. And it lingered with me. And then I realized I am incredibly in privileged in the life that I have. I get to have a choice where my kids go to school. We have great public schools. We have charter schools, magnet schools, Montessori schools, homeschool, private school, like there's just so many options. And again, it wrecked my heart thinking, and there's that mom out there, that single mom out there, or dad, but my heart for single moms for sure, that doesn't have a choice, right? She's working X number of jobs and she has to send her child to the failing public school because that is the only choice. And so again, it's like, 
my conviction was you have so much privilege. Don't try to control the outcome for your kids. Live a life with integrity to be the salt and the light in dark or hard places. So I felt this desire to pull back into the neighborhood, like to be community, to live community. And so my youngest will start school in the fall and she's going to the elementary school I went to (laughs) as a little kid. Um, And lots of people have asked like, oh, is she going to go to, you know, the private school that my, my oldest goes to? And I'm like, not right now. And I think just trying to be intentional about making those decisions of like, yes, there are times where making some, a different choice makes sense for each child. But to the extent we can pour into your community, pour into the areas where you have influence, where you can make a difference, right? Because it's going to be your child on the bus with these kids or on the playground or volunteering with the PTO or whatever it might be. But like, where can you have influence and show up and be bold and different than maybe what they've experienced before? Yeah, don't shy away. Don't shy away from it. I think that's so prevalent right now in our world and in America, especially as we've just gone through so much hardship and across the board. And I think as Christians, I've been hearing at least in my community of Christian and church that individuals are just starting to shy away from the world and becoming just more closed off and in, in not opening themselves to the rest of the world and being that salt and light. And so I love how you are approaching it like that. And some people still may choose to do private school, but it's really keeping that in mind of just making sure that you are that salt and light to the world. Yeah, for sure. So we've talked about you being in corporate America, but God has led you. And I think that's where you and I first connected. And that's where our our heartbeat is kind of together is letting God really lead your life. And he's called both of us out of corporate America into doing, you know, what he's called us to steward in this moment. And so you have a unique story now currently in your life and you're using your different areas of influence to really be the change. And a part of what you do is you're really a great connector. And that I believe is such an important piece about helping make change and helping um, just, I mean, we, we, we are people like the world is people. I heard a pastor preach this morning or not this morning, but yesterday morning on Sunday. And he had said that eternity is people. It's not things. He was talking about, you know, to not be distracted of the things of this world because the only thing that we can take with us, we can't take really anything with us, but the only thing that's going to matter in eternity is the people. The people are the only thing that are going to be with us in eternity. And so to have your focus on that, so connecting with each other and, and having those relationships is just so, so important. And so um, one, I would love for you to share kind of just a quick synopsis of like the story of where you are now, because I think that's so important. I don't want to miss that part because I think that could just be a word on its own for someone to take away. And then how really they can become, you know, if they're not a connector, if that makes them kind of anxious, how they can do that. Or if because these past few years have kind of made us secluded, how to get back to being a connector and building that community. So, yeah, I think I kind of said it in my whole life story spiel there about the years that I spent in corporate America. But 
as I mentioned, you know, I just felt this sadness that I wasn't using my life and my resources in a way that was God honoring and kingdom building, really. That's something that I think comes to mind a lot for me is like, what what kingdom, what idol am I building up? And it darn well better be God's <laughs> kingdom. So yes, there was a point in time after, so Lucas and I are married, he is running his own law practice and I'm working this corporate job. And so of course there's, there's stability in that, right? And and then I was just burned out and I was tired and I was just empty, probably angry more often than I should be and anxious and just devoid of joy, completely devoid of joy, even though I'm looking around and I'm like, what an incredible, you know, marriage and children and, and all these things. And I just realized the grace um, through a conversation with an amazing neighbor, it was like the grace was gone for the role and the season I was in. It was just gone. And at the same time, again, this is where God shows up, right? Lucas gets this opportunity to go join a firm. So the, the table flipped, right? And I'm like, I think this is, I think this is the time. And so I left my corporate job and I was also able to start a couple different things. One, again, this is where connection matters, right? So as you were saying, how do we connect with people? It's just going for a walk or it's finding like that one thing that you hear that's a common thread and run with it. Reach out, ask the question, get curious about something in someone else. So, you know, one of the things that I ask is like, gosh, what would I hope that somebody would notice about me? Now go try to notice that in someone else, right? and then reach out. But to try to answer your question succinctly, a neighbor of mine had shared her story that she had previously been an attorney. So that was the door opener for me of, hey, my husband is, I want to hear about your law practice. I'm more thinking about connecting for him, but it really became a very significant connection for me. She kind of left her law practice as well and was on this venture to build out a company with someone else to do restorative mediation practice and train and equip other mediators. And that just lit up my heart because again, from my story going through divorce in the family court system, I'm like, we need to do this better because we shred families, we tear them apart, we leave them with wounds and unhealed things. And they keep carrying that into their co-parenting and all those other things. And so I was like, yes, I want to do that. So it became an opportunity for me to look ahead and say, that's something I can make into a career when I'm out of the corporate structure. And I can be flexible with my time. So I can be a more dedicated mom to my little, because that was also an area where I felt convicted that I have these beautiful children and I'm spending all this time away from them behind a desk. So it just seemed like the perfect opportunity. I had friends who uh, have a startup company called Wahi Water and they, again, just crazy, energetic, awesome entrepreneurs. And they were just looking for somebody that could work with them in the background. And there wasn't really a specific role definition, but I work really well in ambiguity. And so it was like, perfect. That again, was like another revenue opportunity for me to come in, work, 
design my own hours, design my own schedule, work when it made sense, but also just be fully present with my kids. And so those two things allowed me sort of the safety and God saying, I'm going to be there. I'm going to provide for you in this season, even though it's going to look a little different, trust that it'll be there. Also in that time period, again, this is kind of where like some of my strengths, maybe um, I tend to see gaps in process or just in systems overall. And I was really starting to dig into my own adoption story. And just that identity piece, uh, because my husband is also a Korean adoptee too. And it started to dawn on me that like, we have these 100% Korean little kids (laughs) and maybe they're going to ask, why don't you guys look like grandma and grandpa? Or why don't we look like grandma and grandpa? And I didn't have the language for that. And I started looking for books. I started looking for, you know, adoption books to kind of tell the next generation what happened. And as far as I know, maybe I didn't do enough research, but as far as I know, I couldn't find anything. And so I just, I wrote a poem about it one day. And I don't know if you've had this experience, Erica, where like something that you've never really done just comes so easily to you in like a matter of minutes. Like it, there's no other way it can come to you except through God. I, I'm sure of that for me, but I wrote this poem in like five minutes, seriously. Like it took no thought. It was just like, I wrote it and I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? So that was in 2018, but I knew I wanted it to be a book. I knew I wanted to provide the language to other parents who were adoptees, especially like the transracial adoptees, because it's so obvious, (laughs) you know, that you're adopted. Um, So I wanted to give that tool and that language to someone else. So kind of fast forward, We're now in 2023 and I finally published it, kind of finally put it out into the world. So I have a very disjointed looking career and life, but they're all things that I'm passionate about. Restoring relationships through, you know, mediation or circle conversations is something that I'm super passionate about because like you said, eternity is relationships. It is people, right? So how do we How do we interact? How do we reconcile and restore hope in broken relationships? I absolutely want that. And I want to be able to help and serve in that way. With the book, you know, I I want to give language and assurance to parents. How do I, how do I tell this story to someone else? And also how do I identify myself apart from my adoptive family? Like it's okay to have those feelings of, I'm not sure that my family tree stands as tall as all of these other families that have decades and generations of history when I have my own, you know, because for me, Ainsley, when she was born, my oldest, it dawned on me in that moment, she is the only other human on a 7 billion person planet that I know for certain shares any of my DNA. And that was just so powerful to me to, to think through like, she is the start of a family tree. And then with Wahi Water, it's just, it's such a vibrant company and it's making an opportunity for people to have healthier choices, more vibrancy in their lives, doing something different. Again, it's sort of that be the change. Like it's kind of a product that's in a white space in the market. And so it's just, it's so fun to be a part of things that are change agents 
And, you know, not really sure exactly where they're all going to go or how they all intervene. But what I love is that they've also opened up the opportunity to meet and connect with people that I might not have otherwise connected with. What I love about your story, Jamie, is that, you know, you're told to have like a lane, pick your lane, have your expertise, have your specialty. And we think of that being one thing, like one career, one thing you're good at. And with your story, it really showcases like you can use your skills and talents. You can use your life in different areas to be this change agent. And, you know, you do it with Wahi Water, you do it with your adoption story, you know, you do it with your mediation, you do it in so many different facets, and you're even really heavily involved in your church and just to this amazing women's dream event. And so you're using all these different passions and skills in all these different areas, and it can feel very disjointed sometimes when we're being told from the outside world that we need to focus on one thing and have our niche and like, you know, know that, like, know that well, and then don't stray from it. Um, it can feel confusing, but when we surrender and give it to the Lord, like look at how much beauty can come from it in all those different areas. And so I appreciate you sharing your story because that's just, it showcases God's goodness of the journey and where he can really use us if we come with those open hands and open arms. Is there anything else that you would want to leave with the listeners, just really from your story or from something that you wouldn't want to leave this conversation with when it talks about being the change and being the change agent and having boldness and confidence and really going towards what God is calling you to do? Really, it's don't be afraid of no. Believe in the power of yes and the power of just simply asking. And I also think too, for me, one of the things that really helped me to step into what I really feel God is calling me into was to share it with someone. So again, back to that connection and relationships, you know, when you speak something out or you write something down or you text a friend or Voxer someone, you know, and you say, I'm going to do this thing, or what do you think about this? And maybe scratch that. I don't think you have to solicit what does somebody think about it, but just declaring like, I'm going to set this as a goal or I want to, I want to accomplish this task or, or this endeavor. There's a psychological ownership. I think that happens when we speak it out because now somebody else knows that you're going to do this thing or you're going to ask, or you're going to invite. So I would just encourage people find one or two like safe relationships that allow you to have courage to dream, that allow you to say, I'm, I'm thinking this thing, or I want to do this thing. And they will encourage you, or they will pray for you about it, or they will ask you, have you prayed yet? And I think that's one of the lessons that I've learned as well is I've needed somebody to slow me down and say, what has God said to you about this first? Then come back and tell me you know, what you've heard. And I think that's another important piece as well. Pray, speak it, and then just have the courage to try because maybe it doesn't work the way you expect it, but God's going to pick that up and he's going to figure out like what part of the mosaic that represents and it will all come together because I've, I've just been seeing that beautiful picture come together. Wonderful. That's so, so good, Jamie. Pray, speak it, and then just do it in boldness. Take that action. I love that. 
I would love to give you the opportunity to have the listeners know where to connect with you on social and your website, and then also where they can purchase your book because it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, really everything can be linked directly from my website, jamiecolewilson.com. All my socials are at the bottom, the link to buy my book. It's available on Amazon and all my other passions are listed there as well with volunteer and board work that I do. And also Wahi Water too, if you're interested in what this product is that I'm talking about. But yes, definitely there's a link to buy my book, The Tree Began With Me on the website. Wonderful. And I will link that in the show notes as well. So just to recap, it's Jamie and then co is ko wilson.com. So I'll have that in the show notes as well. And so one last question, Jamie, and you listen to this often, so you probably knew this was coming, but I want to know what brought you joy today. Oh gosh. You know what? Waking up this morning and seeing kind of an orange sunrise on the lake and hearing my kids laugh and talk to each other before they came out of their bedroom this morning. Oh, so fun. So fun. I love that natural friendship that sisters can have and brothers and sisters can have. I know Benton and Delaney did the same thing this morning. It was like my heart. I was like, don't move from this moment, please. <laughs> oh, for sure. Right. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't last long enough because right after that, right, somebody gets hit or somebody's mad, but it's like for that little tiny moment in time, <laughs> yes. everybody's buddies. <laughs> yes. Soak it in as long as you can. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you, Jamie, for being on. It was just so great to have this conversation with you. I'm so glad that we were able to share your story because like I said, the past six months or so of our friendship and how it's developed, I've just been so inspired by what you are doing and how you are just so bold living out your life to be the change and really letting God guide you and following him in obedience. So thank you so much for sharing your story and all that you do. Thanks, Erica. You have the power to change the world. You can make a difference with your story right now, right where you are. Be the change you want to see by tuning into what God calls you to, asking questions, being authentic, and making connections. I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other women you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.